You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Emery's book, 1001 Albums. It's here before you die. episode we'll be talking about katie lang shadowland on the line i have rob cold black coffee in bed kyle hello there and solange i guess i'm just down to my last cigarette they can't see me (laughs) (laughs) they know (laughs) they know shadowland is the debut solo album by katie lang released in 1988 on the sire warner brothers label the producer was Owen Bradley, and the genre is country and pop. I'm going to read from the book Jim Harrington. Uh, with 1987's major label debut, Angel with a Lariat, Katie Lang had raised more eyebrows than she had moved units. People simply did not want to, did not know what to make of Lang's androgynous look and camp take on country music, which seemed better suited to college radio than airwaves dominated by George Strait in Alabama. The most important eyebrow lifted by Angel belonged to Owen Bradley, a producer best known for his work with major Lang influence Patsy Cline. Bradley came out of retirement to lead the Nashville sessions for Shadowland. The producer would take complete control in the studio, stamping out the humor and honky-tonk that filled the debut and crafting a lush mix of pop and country that perfectly suited Lang's voice. The album opens with a pair of gorgeous ballads, western stars, and lockstop and teardrops and moves easily through such highlights as a sax fueled mourner busy beam blue and the upbeat toe tapper don't let the stars get in your eyes shadowland proved popular with both critics and fans although it would take three years to be certified gold the singer would follow with one more country album in 1989's absolute torch and twang before fully lighting up as a torch singer with 1992's breakthrough effort ingenue all right, what do we think of Katie Lang, Shadowland? This album fucks Ooh. so hard. Ooh, doggy. This thing sounds like milk. This is fucking incredible. I really like this album, and I got into... Well, my mom really liked Katie Lang when I was growing up, and I was like, that lady from Pee-wee? Like, but I got really into Chris Isaac a few years ago. Okay, more go. like 10 years ago. I got into Chris Isaac a long time ago, and... I was like really into his um I almost I call it Twin Peaks Country because it's like sad but like dark. Orville Peck. Yeah, like Orville Peck is kind of like that, but I feel like Orville Peck's a lot more Chris Isaac is more like you would see him in a lounge somewhere. And like Orville Peck is definitely like I, I saw him at like a club in Chicago and it was like I don't know how to describe it. There's like an, an intimacy to Chris Isaac that you don't have with Orville. And that's how I feel about Katie Lang is that intimacy. And that's kind of, and that's why I got into her is I wanted to hear more stuff from this era. 
And I was like, ooh, this looks promising. And it was exactly what I wanted. And right now I'm sort of trying to get into Lyle Lovett, who's kind of also in the same mm-hmm. arena because uh, I saw him in the player and he looked like really cool. But that's why I love this album is it's such a throwback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if we. I was trying to think of other thro- strictly, strictly throwback albums. We had done Stardust with uh, Willie Nelson, mm-hmm. but when I think of Stardust, I think of Willie reinterpreting. The same with uh, the Sounds of Country and Western by Ray Charles. There, it's a reinterpretation of things like these old country standards. Whereas Katie Lang seems to just let's do the standards with my, you know, voice coming out of the the speaker in a lot more polish than was originally, you know, created with these old 45s. These are covers? Is that what you're telling me? Wait, what? Are these cover songs? Uh-huh. All right. Wait, really? I, I like I straight up didn't know that. I just like listened to this album. I don't I I wasn't like I listen. I don't feel like <laughs> sorry, someone sorry, sorry. <laughs> No. Yeah, they're all cover songs of old country standards. Western Stars is Chris Isaac. Lockstock Teardrops is is Roger Miller. Sugar Moon is by Cindy Walker. Yeah, it's black like black coffee. Is, right now. <laughs> I feel like such fucking idiot. <laughs> like Katie Lang is so talented. <laughs> she God damn it! Oh, she's very talented. She, she's, she's super yeah, she's talented. talented. She's no. Excellent. Singer. It's she's like a creation really to see him all over again. I didn't know why people were so mad about a move. Listen, I didn't know why people what? were so mad about what? the Museum of Creation. And I was like, I don't see what's so bad. You just create things, and everyone's oh, like, no. that's not what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Wow. Bye, Solange. <laughs> uh that's oh, amazing. I, I love it. God, I want to I be, be able to use it's like the creation museum all over again. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> something goes weird. Okay. So in San Francisco, they have the Exploratorium where you, go, it's a museum of exploration where you explore things. How was I supposed to know it wasn't a museum of creation? Okay. <laughs> How was I supposed to know? Well, I still want to get everyone into some next generation jumpsuits and go there and have a wonderful like uh, adventure on the holodeck. So <laughs> whenever you guys want to figure out a time to do that. I don't know. I don't even know what to say about that again. So Owen Bradley, obviously a traditional, you know, Nashville cat producer. He did Chet Atkins, Bill Porter, Don Law. I mean, everybody, including Patsy. Patsy. Exactly. And so her love of Patsy Cline is what led her here. And she gets in the studio with all of these players. I mean, original Nashville players. Uh, that play literally played on Patsy Cline albums. And so it's, it's no wonder that it sounds so traditional, so ingrained and, you know, the, the timeless. Yeah. Timeless because uh, it's her, but yeah, not to discredit her at all. I mean, she is doing a fantastic job of being the next Patsy Cline. Yeah. Her Uh, voice is so rich and just, I call her Lady Crooner. Yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. 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 And and for her to go from each one of these songs, for her to do the 
countrypolitan to the sort of jazz standards to a more like you were saying a uh, Chris Isaac uh, Western stars it, it it's really speaks to her talent as as being able to transition seamlessly uh, throughout this album and it feels like a cohesive album it's great or uh, I think also in that same vein I was talking about like Twin Peaks music mm-hmm. like that next generation of Roy Orbison mm-hmm. you know I mean I guess maybe not like Twin Peaks of Roy Orbison he's more like Lynchian if you've if you've seen like Blue Velvet they heavily feature his music that's kind of what it makes me think is like like just if Roy Orbison got his hands on like really great production i mean he was like a phenomenon himself in his own right but Mm -hmm. it kind of it kind of makes me sad like listening to this that there is no chris isaac in this book you know i think it's really and i wonder if demery had to like pick he's like "Mm, they're a little too similar to me well we we we, we could have definitely gotten rid of some things to allow room for chris isaac i I think it's think it's a sad oversight but so you're telling me that chris isaac wrote western stars yes Mm -hmm. Okay. Does yep. he also do the vocal line following that uh, lap steel that Kay uh-huh. Lane does on this? Because that shit blew my fucking mind. I'd have to go back awesome. and listen. But yeah. I, she's it explains a lot about that guitar riff because the guitar riff at the beginning of West, when I first heard this album and I heard like that guitar, I was like, oh, I'm in for a surprise here. And that explains a lot. If he wrote that song, that explains a lot of like the sound of it. I mean, for me, uh, you know, Katie Lang, like my knowledge of her was just constant craving. I remember that song when it came out. Mm-hmm. It was a big hit. It sounded great. The Rolling Stones ripped it off. Uh, and I think they had to give her a songwriting credit for that song. Is anybody, has anybody seen my baby? It's not their best song, but um, it was a mid-90s Rolling Stones song. So when I popped this record in, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't think I was going to get a Patsy Cline fucking throwback and I couldn't get enough of this. I listened to this like five times in the past yep. couple of weeks. Um, it's so good. You should listen yeah. to, if you like this, uh, her stuff that she does before this with the recliners, uh, Angel with a Lariat, that album is awesome. That album is yeah. so good. And it's like, this is like a lonesome version of what they do. And I would say like Angel with a Lariat, if you, if you guys, well, obviously Rob has, cause he's been making fun of her for this. But if you've ever seen the Pee Wee's Christmas special where she sings uh, Jingle Bell Rock, uh, Angel with a Larry slurs is, Jingle Bell. She rock. doesn't slur. Listen, I watch that every year, and she is. I don't think she's drunk. There's, there's some just there's some respectful debate going on as to how sober she was. But Angel with a Lariat is much more akin to that like Jingle Bell Rock that she does on the Christmas special for Pee Wee's Playhouse. It's such a cool album. And um, sometimes I hear on the high school radio station they play. Uh, I beg your her version of I beg your pardon. I never promised you a rose garden. And it's so good. It's like it always hypes oh. me up. It's like, ah, fuck, fuck. Yeah, that's a great song. I didn't know she garden. covered that. Yeah, it's such a good song. You should totally check out Angel with a Lariat. It totally rules. Okay. And her one after this, the, what was it, uh, Absolute Torch and Twang, 
She won a Grammy actually for her vocals performance uh, for that album. I thought that was so cool. The single "Full Full Moon, Full of Love." I want to check it out because I really wasn't. I know that this is in the book. I wasn't impressed with Ingenue, and I saw on PBS a few years ago they did like a whole uh, concert special of her doing the whole album of Ingenue, and it's just like not my thing because it's definitely more like adult contemporary pop it's definitely not like this and right. yeah it's just like kind of a bummer you know because she's so she just like has her finger on the pulse of it and I think she's so fun in many diff- I think she's really fun and like reading about how she got started like she would take plastic cowboys and like horses and like hot glue them to dresses and stuff and she, I, I they use the word campy and it's like god I want that Katie Lang yeah when I started doing the research, and I was like, oh, of course she was on Pee Wee's Playhouse because she represented that sort of full-in campy appearance. Yeah. Yep. And I think that, you know, when she first started, I had read that Country didn't know what to make of her. They were like, is she making fun of us? Like, does she not really like Patsy Cline? Or, you know, is she... Because she kind of hammed it up a little bit. And I think that with this album, this is actually what you know going to work with the producer owen bradley in all these characters and then producing this album i think it really turned a lot of heads to say oh okay okay you're not just making fun doing it for a goof you're really serious about this and you do have the chops to back everything up that you're that you're doing speaking of chops jumping back on to this uh greg lee's fellow who's doing the lap steel he did a lot of stuff. Uh, he was the lap steel player on Odelay and Mutations. Uh, he was also a lap steel player on Fiona Apple's title. He was the lap steel player on Random Access Memories. He was a lap steel player on Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. He was a lap steel player on Dwight Yoakam's Hillbilly Deluxe. And he was a lap steel player on St. Vincent's uh, Mass Education. Oh, Wait a yeah. minute. Hillbilly yeah. Deluxe had lap steel <laughs> guitar? Yup. Was it? Is Dracula? Is no homie. He said, "Wait, Yoakum dog." Hillbilly. Excuse me, Hillbilly Deluxe. Wouldn't that be record. cool if Dracula did have a, a pedal still, though? Can you imagine? That would be really nice. I would be, yeah. <clears throat> no, no, it's a Dwight Yoakum album, Kyle. Hellbilly Deluxe is a Dwight Yoakum record. Hillbilly <laughs> Deluxe. <laughs> Not Hellbilly Hell, Deluxe. Hellbilly Deluxe. Kyle, I have a museum that you might be interested in. <laughs> Dig through the ditches. Burn through the witches. And play yeah. lap seal on the back of my, my Dragula. I gotta say, at the end of Waltz Me, because um, that song completely rips, I love it at the end. When Did she, she say, oh, socks? What? What does she say at the end of, of at the end? No, of that? she. Uh, do you ever listen to Bob Wills and his Texas Playboys? You know I haven't. What? <laughs> oh, excuse <laughs> me. Uh, they're a Western swing band. Have you ever played Fallout, like New Vegas? Yes. Okay, so the country music in that a lot of that is Western swing, and Western swing is basically a type of country music that's jazz, but instead of horns, you have like violins. Um, and like pedal steel and stuff. And those like super, super famous uh, Western swing artist was named Bob Wills. And he had what I can basically only describe as a hype man named Tommy Duncan, who he would be like, you know, the Rose of San Antone, San Antone. And like in the background, this guy would always go, hit it, Bob. Woo! 
uh, in the middle of the songs. And that's what she's doing at the end of Waltz Me is like a Tommy Duncan, like hype man, like, whoo. So she's not saying anything. She's just making a funny oh, noise. <clears throat> she didn't say, oh, socks. No, that's what I got. OK, no, but you should know oh, Bob socks. Wills rules. You should you should listen to Bob Wills. <clears throat> there. I love that. I also love how uh, don't let the stars get in your eyes. Uh so like it kind of like is a Disney song to me, almost like a Disney country song. It's got that uh, melodic quality of like a three caballeros song or um, a Disney Texan Southwestern song. It was so cool. I just I guess it's like the bumpiness of the lyrics is what I love. Yeah, that's a Slim Willet song. He was a DJ in uh, was it Texas. And I do know that that was a became like a big hit for Perry Como originally and uh, Skeets McDonald. Mm-mm. All these. Yeah. All these songs are just so it's such a well crafted collection of songs, too. They flow really well. Honky Tonk Angels medley was a treat. That was a treat. To hear. So good. I mean, so happy. Just smiling ear to ear hearing that song. Yeah. Yeah. Once Loretta yeah. came on, I was like, oh, God. I melted. Yeah, I love I love that, too. I love um, uh, how Busy Being Blue has lonesome sax, as I call it. Sad sax. Mm-hmm. That was I love that, too. There's so much to like love about this album. That's like so good. I think I've brought this up before. It's like almost harder to talk about an album you love instead yeah. of an album that you like hated. It definitely mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Uh, Tony Bennett called Katie Lang the best singer of her generation. Whoa, Tony. That's Tony. saying something because Tony's great. Might be She's... before he sang with Lady Gaga, though. I'm not sure. <laughs> that's a different generation, though. I mean, for for sure. Okay, that's hey, fair. Yeah. Has Tony Bennett ever heard James Hetfield? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they had a big hit with a uh, wonderful world later on when they did the their uh, duet album. So for Pledge Drive, sometimes PBS shows this Roy Orbison concert. It's oh, like, black and white? Yes. And yeah. it's got Chris Isaac, but Katie Lang, before she got like really famous, like right before this album came out, is also on that. Yeah. And every damn time black and white comes on, I always miss Katie Lang. Every time. And I don't know what it is. I just I, I always catch Chris and I think Lyle Lovett might even be in it, too. But he's got like a whole cadre of people from like this particular era. I always miss Katie Lang. It's like I just yeah, I think got it, that on VHS it says, yeah, PBS <sighs> on it. That's great. Damn, that'd be so cool. I just think that like all three of that together, all three of those people like work so well together. I What happened to like this kind of country music? You know, like this is like around that time that like country got electrified. You see what I'm saying? Like um, Garth mm-hmm. Brooks or Dirk Bentley or big and I'm just like naming out like famous ones. But it's like country kind of like went from Alabama to becoming like that. And it just passed over this. I feel like I feel like there just wasn't a market for this anymore. And I'm so curious, like what happened with that? I mean, it's a throwback and it's great as, as a as a throwback um and as like a, a compilation of really excellent like cover songs but you know the march of progress for better or for worse was inevitable to happen yeah and yeah like yeah i wouldn't say they electrified with uh with your 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 garth brooks and your uh 
Kenny Chesney's. I don't fucking know. Yeah, that's I, he's one of them. He's one of them. Dirks Bentley. You're Dirks, <laughs> you're, you're Brooks and Duns and but it did get pop. Yeah. It became way more pop. And you know, again, for better for worse. I I I, I couldn't tell you. Um, I love this. Uh, but I think I, I think I think that you would uh if you were active in the country community when this came out, you might feel the same way about them as you would have felt about uh if you were actively like if you were a new romantic and all of a sudden you saw the stray cats play. Like, oh well that's that that's a fun that's fun rock and roll, but you know, you know well and country music also at this time was super homophobic and i'm not suggesting that <laughs> this time wowie zowie <laughs> yeah Things i'm change. not suggesting that that's necessarily what happened to katie lang uh because what she did was it was super it was super brave of her in 1992 to be like yeah i'm out and i'm like gay and i'm gonna keep having a career um but i'm sure that that like didn't help with you know this genre of music although at that time she had fully transformed herself into like more of a adult contemporary artist crossover yeah 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 i mean crossover. chris isaac that forever blue did really well yeah my like, parents had that tape yeah and that was uh oh my I mean, god i, I guess heart shaped te- world was my parents shit he's technically rockabilly i guess yeah but, i would call him that but yeah i mean like it yeah, it, it, I, I think that you're just lamenting that Katie Lang didn't continue doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah. This <laughs> can't I complain? Yeah, you sure I can. Compl- no, no, I, I, I get it. This is wonderful. Um, I didn't look it up. Um, did she have something to do with uh, the even Cal Girls get the blues soundtrack? Yes, she, okay. uh, she contributed much of the music to the Gus Van Sant. Uh, That's what soundtrack. I thought. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, she also did uh, the cover of Skylark. For the 1997 film adaptation of Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, uh, she also did Surrender for the closing titles of Tom- Tomorrow Never Dies for James Bond, and like uh, the cheap trick her. cover. Uh, be, all right. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> weird. That would be odd. <laughs> it is not Surrender. It was composed by uh, 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 who was it? David Arnold. This is not the first song on our new album. (laughs) (laughs) Someday you'll wake up And you'll find yourself alone Lock, stock, and teardrops I'll be on No, this is wonderful. It's wonderful to talk to you all over this album too. Beautiful, yeah. It's just, just it's a good gorgeous. soundtrack album. C- cinematic. It's a nice cinematic yeah. album. Mm-hmm. I Definitely. have so many different. Uh, for every song, I have like a setting that this makes me think of. I said, "What did I say for um, Shadowland?" I said it was an urban country song. Like oh. Western stars makes me think of like driving across the Panhandle of Texas at night which I've done lots of times. So that's what it makes you think of. But Shadowland is like, I'm in Dallas and I'm lonesome. <laughs> like, but not in the outskirts of Dallas. I'm like at the In-N-Out Burger, lonesome in Dallas. You know, I've got, <laughs> I've got a couple of, oh, I'm down to my last cigarette. She's in her apartment and she's like getting ready for the bath, but that he, they might call. I'm like, every song I've got like a setting, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm being um 
I'm being taken somewhere. That's what I love about this album. It takes me places. I love it. Patsy Klein re reimagined. Yeah. Yep. I never saw any of Katie Lang's stuff around this time, so I didn't understand the uh, the camp aspect that uh, the review had like brought up. That like they didn't know if she was being serious or not. Um, to my ears, it sounds very serious. Sounds yeah, serious as a heart attack. Yeah, paying just homage to uh, to shit that she loves. Yeah, if you listen to the earlier ones, it's a little. Would you say songs a little like honky tonk, like a little? It kind of ham ham it, hams it up a little. It's hammy, honky but donk Yeah, it's hammy, but I wouldn't call it disrespectful. I would no. say that like the tone, it's tonically like tonally, tonically, tonal tonically, very different. Uh, this this is more like uh like like I said, lonesome crooning, um, dusty, dark. And her earlier stuff is like bright. It's bright. It's happy. Like you can dance to it. Um, it's very optimistic, I would say. Whereas this is more like realistic. You know, it's almost like fantasy music. Both, both I think are kind of fant fantastical in their own ways. But this is more realist or pragmatist, and that earlier stuff's more optimist. Big positive. You should. People need to give Katie another chance. Give her another this record on, yeah. Put I it mean, on. I would say, if you if you if you're trying to get into country music, even this might be a very good starting point to tell you the Absolutely. truth. Yeah. Yes, yes. I was talking to Ian about this album, and he was like, "Have we listened to this?" And I'm like, "Dude, I can assure you, we've listened to this because we listened to it because we like Chris Isaac." And he's like, "I just don't remember." And I'm like. We're going to fix this. We're going to change it. And we're going to fix it. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'll, I'll try to get people into like really, really old cylinder, like blues music. And it's hard. Oh, to, yeah. It's hard to like convey that. Well, that's, you know, it's it's about the emotion. It's about the, you know, presence of the artist at the time. But you're talking about the production limitations. Yeah. Yeah. A bit. Okay. I mean, they're recording a lot of these things in Sun Studio, you know, even early Elvis or whatever, people tend to, I think I, I might sound like an old man by saying this, but I think a lot of people tend to shy away from doing that or even playing it on the radio because it doesn't have the quality of sound that later records will, will get to once we di went digital, you know, in eighties or whatever. And, and we can make the high production masters. But I think this Shadowland is one of those records maybe alongside like willie nelson's stardust where it has this like really clean really great production but it's a throwback to those earlier records and so you can kind of rediscover or if you're curious about you know patsy klein records listening to this will probably push you in that direction to then get invested in, in those older artists and I would say it's also not like totally a hundred percent country. You know, there's a lot of pedal steel, which, you know, when I was growing up, if I heard like, you know, any of the aforementioned pop country artists and I heard a pedal steel, I was like immediately turned off, which like now I, it's the opposite effect. I'm like, yeah, more pedal steel, but like with the saxophone and like the jazzy quality of the song we're listening to um, like right now, for example, busy being blue, you know, I think it's a really good like gateway because it's still kind of country-ish, 
but it's not totally. It's it's almost it's almost genre bending. So it's so much more approachable for someone who might be, you know, not ready to not ready to admit to themselves that country music uh can be about different things other than like fishing or your truck or whatever, you yeah. know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a lot of jazz standards here too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good job, Katie Lang. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, next time we'll be talking about American Music Club, California. Thanks, y'all. In the sand, a shadow lost in shadow land. My poor heart just flew away.